You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Grind Season. We are celebrating that you guys came back and joined us today. Jason Smith, we made it to another show. People have tuned in again. Some people tune in for the first time. Thank you guys for listening last week and subscribing. Uh, we'll bring you this show twice a week. Uh, we talk about the Memphis Grizzlies here. It's impossible to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies without talking about the entire NBA. So you're going to hear some NBA talk here as well. I'm here with my friend Jason Smith, back for another episode of Grind Season. Jason, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing well, brother. They're saying they're letting us do another episode, man. So yeah, I guess man, things went well enough on the first one. Now, yeah. they're, uh, we haven't won a game. Since we did our last yeah, episode. Yeah, we might need to shut this down. <laughs> the Grizzlies are 0-2. We're we not doing that, though. We're grinding, Sam. No, we got to grind. We got to push through. We got to shut it down. We got to push through. We're not, we're not stopping for sure. Um, this episode of Grind Season, we're going to talk about what's happened since the last time we talked, which is the Grizzlies going 0-2 against the Utah Jazz uh, on the road. I predicted a uh, undefeated uh, road trip. So right now we're one and two on this trip, hoping for 500 against uh, Portland. So, yeah, that prediction is looking very bold and wrong uh, right now. Also, we're going to talk about, uh, like, what's what's happening? What's going on with the team? How can we bump through this? What is Utah? Who is Utah? Are they good? Are they bad? Were those bad losses? Was it one good loss and a bad loss? What was it? What did we just see over the last two days? Also, we're going to talk about uh, what has new depressing news in, in the NBA today is – uh, Brooklyn Nets head coach Steve Nash uh, was fired, forced to step down, whatever they had to do. They didn't do him like old school. You know, typically they'll say a guy to step down and say, no, get your ass up out of here, Steve Nash. You were fired. Like, we ain't even finna hide the fact that we're getting you up out of here. That, that was uh, a little, little different today. You know, normally guys get a chance to save face. But Steve Nash was let go today. And it is imminent that Ime Udoka, uh, the most controversial coach of this past summer, uh, will be taking over. Just – it was just a perfect situation. We'll talk about that as well uh, to bring in a guy like Ami Udoka to a situation like what's going on in Brooklyn. And before we wrap up the show today, we're going to talk about something that has me excited. I'm not sure uh, if Jason cares about this type of stuff or not, but I saw a Nike commercial today featuring uh, Demetrius Jamel Morant and his <laughs> daughter. So, yeah, that got me excited because I feel like that shoe is around the corner. We'll talk about that and more today. Um, but like I said to start the show, we're going to talk about uh, the road trip that includes uh, two losses to the Utah Jazz. Jason, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no clue what Utah is. I'm not. I'm. I don't. I don't know. We. I was talking about this with a group of friends uh, yesterday, last night, really during the game, and we were debating about it. Is Utah a good team or they a bad team? Are they as good as their record is? Will this hold up? All those type of things. And the, the, my my sentiment is this about the Utah Jazz. It's hard for me to call you a good team when I know good and well your intention was not to be good this year. Right. And I know by the end of the year you're probably going to do something dramatic, so you won't be good. So it's hard for me to really gauge what these guys are. Those two losses we had, uh, you know, you had those two guys in Olenek and, and Marketing who are stretch bigs. Who, and and uh, we didn't get much from Olenek last night, but he killed us the first game. What do you think this Utah Jazz team is? You know, 
it, it's a better collection of talent, mm-hmm. right? Than than what you said. Than I think we all anticipated. And mm-hmm. and here's the deal: it's fit better together than we all anticipated. Oh, yeah, I thought they sure. just had a bunch of pieces, just a bunch but of what, random hit hit the X button and see who pops up on your team. Exactly. But yeah. what we found out is that they all fit together pretty well. And again, a bunch of guys that are selfless right now are playing mm-hmm. some pretty good basketball. Now, again, saying I think you nailed it. You know, you know where they hurt you was with those. You know, long range shooting bigs, the Linux, right, the right. Markinens. And right now, without a Jaron Jackson, you know, that it, it's it's hard to guard those guys for the Grizzlies. You're asking guys like Santi Aldama to fill in. But so so I think saying it's a little bit of a little bit of two things. Right now, Grizzlies worst team in the NBA defensively. Literally mm-hmm. ranked dead last. We know that's night and day from last year when they were number mm-hmm. six in the league, having Jaron Jackson there. That's part of it. And then Utah playing as well as they are early in the season. Saying I'm with you, I think eventually. They come back down to earth. Mm-hmm. But look, the, the bottom line, based on what we've seen so far, is Danny Ainge going to have a decision to make. Do I continue to tear down, right, and hope getting more picks, whatever else, or do I build with what I've got right now? And what he's got is a nice little combination of guys that maybe you decide, you know what, we're going we're gonna to work from here rather than going further back, right, rather than breaking it down further. We all thought it'd be a tanking season, but – you know, I'm not sure based on what I've seen that that's going to be the way they go. Maybe they ultimately decide that's it. Because, again, mm-hmm. this doesn't – saying you you tell me this team can't compete. This team is not a contender. So right. maybe you continue with the breakdown plan. But it's better than uh, than we all thought to start right. the year. And uh, you well, add that with the fact that the Grizzlies, it's, it's patchwork defensively right now, mm-hmm. and you get those two outcomes. And you still yeah. had a chance – let's be real. You still had a chance to win that first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin, you know, Desmond Bain slips, has a chance to – put up a shot to win the game. So considering all things, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not overly disappointed in the Grizzlies and yeah, I think you got to tip your cap to Utah this early season. Yeah. They're, they're definitely much better than a lot of people anticipated. Right. Um, it feels like Danny Ainge at one point is going to hit the, the doomsday button and destroy this team. But uh, real quickly, I, and this isn't a Utah jazz podcast. Uh, I, if, if Utah jazz have two black men covering their team in a podcast, there would truly be <laughs> an historical moment, but this is not that moment. Uh, like I said, this is not Utah Jazz podcast, but I will say this. I'm seeing what they have out there. I understand everyone in the in the NBA is getting ready to blow up their team and tank to get Victor Wimbignana, who I will say may be the best prospect since LeBron James. And some people say he's a better prospect coming into the NBA, more complete player than LeBron James. I, I, I can agree with any, any of those sentiments. But what's going to be the difference in Victor Wimbignana's 30 something points that he'll be he'll score on big games on a on a Monday night. And what we saw from Laurie Marketing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not saying they're anywhere close to the same player, but I think they need to be real selective in, in their breakdown because the team the date you don't want to you don't want to blow this thing up just for a chance to exactly. sign a uniform player and then you have nothing to show you for you have him. nothing around him. That, exactly. that team I saw last night, if nothing else, man, they can be a play-in quality team. If they decide, hey man, we're just gonna ride this and then see what's happened. But see what happens. I think that team could compete, you know, uh, even going into, you know, the playing round or whatever. But uh, like I said, man, it it seems like they're going to blow it up. But I would I would not mind them calling the audible on that at all. For sure. Mm -hmm. No, I think I think it'd be smart to based on what we've seen early on this season. I'm with you. You can have when Banyama. But if you've got nothing around him, how long is that process going to be? You've already got a pretty nice start on the foundation yeah. with at least a yeah. couple of these guys. So, like mm-hmm. I said, maybe maybe Ainge rethinks the approach here in terms of how much you break it down because they got more than we all thought. 
right, Sexton sure. as well. So Sexton oh, looks yeah. like he's ready, matured, and 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 ready mm-hmm. to be a consistently contributing member of a of a good team. We'll see. It's 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 still what are we six seven games in here. Uh, they'll come yeah. back down to earth, but I've been impressed by what I've seen. Yeah, I like what I see. I joked about it. I was saying, man, I'm not concerned about losing a team where Laurie Markin is your best player. But but yeah. I, I did not know Laurie, Laurie Markin is going to turn to Dirk Nowitzki, like, you know, in the offseason. And yeah. I know you, you've you got some Chicago roots. I know you've seen the Chicago Bulls up close. He was there. And he, he wouldn't this dude, and he, he definitely wouldn't this well, dude in Cleveland. Either. It, it's, it's the willingness to stick his nose in there. It's the toughness difference yeah. now. It's the biggest yeah. difference between him and when he was a Bull, even during his time in Cleveland. Like mm-hmm. last night, I think it was 11 boards to go mm-hmm. with the 31 points. He's it, it, That and you add to the fact Memphis really didn't have anything in there, you know, at that rim right now yeah. other than Steven Adams. They're just not themselves defensively made a little bit mm-hmm. easier for him too. But he looked all-star level in the two games against Yeah, Memphis. and nothing no about Marketing too, when he was in Chicago and even a little bit in Cleveland, they were trying to make him a 4-5. or five. Right. They're, he's playing the three right now. And he's a matchup and, nightmare, man. Yeah, you know, perfect for him. For sure. For sure. Um, also from last night, something that I think is uh, definitely needs to be talked about. We're going to talk about the defense more in depth. But uh, you've seen a lot of guys out there now. We're kind of pulling from our reserves, like literally, you know what I mean? Uh, we're, we're pulling from guys who uh, – but something I definitely want to talk about is we're seeing the team really pull from their reserves literally right now. Uh, they're not operating from their overflow. Uh, me and you both have a church background. And uh, I know that uh, you would talk. I would hear pastors say things like, "Giving from your overflow and not from your from your abundance and your overflow and not from your reserve." The Grizzlies are definitely giving from their reserve right now. With uh, a lot of guys out uh, last night's game, Brandon Clark got hurt uh, with a finger injury. Stephen Adams got hurt with a jaw injury. Uh, Desmond Bain was out with an ankle tweak um, that he suffered. Uh, I think I heard they said he suffered that injury on that play you talked about where he had that fall. But. Uh, we're kind of the dilemma now, Jason, where you're seeing guys who, um, well, well, clock may be striking midnight on some of these guys that we're seeing. And not saying they're bad players, but they're not particularly the type of guys that need to be in the situation they're in. Um, and there's namely two guys that I'll say about this. Sante Aldama is one, and uh, John Conchar is the other. Concha. Absolutely. These guys are great. have been great reserves. We've seen Santi play good minutes, but it's, it kind of feels like maybe the adrenaline is leaving or teams are kind of scouting him differently or, you know, we know it's a, a confidence thing with him. Um, we're seeing guys kind of playing out of their role. And, and it, I'm ready to get some guys back so we can move those guys back to a reserve role that I think would be a much more comfortable place uh, for those two guys in particular. And, and um I think that once we once that happens, once you get a Jaron Jackson Jr. back, hopefully in the next few weeks, and you get, you know, maybe a Zaire Williams in uh, in the next few weeks to a month, Dylan Brooks uh, kind of settles in more, you can see those guys kind of step back into more of a comfortable place. And I think the most important part is that it will be uh, – it will make uh, David Wright's minutes be uh, as, as minimalistic <laughs> as possible. Uh <laughs> I, I'm pulling for Roddy, man. I, I, he's a he's a guy who he's definitely playing now because and he doesn't particularly he wouldn't be playing in a normal situation, correct? As much as he is now, the Grizzlies going to play all the rookies. We know that they play their rookies, and they're definitely going to play those two, Roddy and Laravia. But Roddy's minutes, if you look at the if you look at numbers when he's on the court, is is it's kind of rough. Um, but I am confident that once those guys kind of settle in to a lesser role of responsibility. That they'll be better, but we've seen some 
some bad stuff from Santi and uh, and Jitty over the last few games. Well, I mean, you 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 laid it out there. You're asking them to do some things. I mean, this this Taylor Jenkins got a great defensive system. We've seen it on display. And you're asking Asante Aldama to come in, hold it down for a Jaron Jackson. And John mm-hmm. Conchar's case saying you can literally see the opponent attacking him defensively when he's on the floor. And mm-hmm. so again, as 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 good as those guys have been in terms of stepping up into into starting roles, they've got deficiencies, right? right. They're they're, they're they're intended to be a part a back part of that back rotation that second unit and right now you're asking more of them I think it'll pay off down the yeah. stretch but I'm I'm with you I, I would be more concerned saying if we didn't have the good vibes on Jaron right mm-hmm. in terms of his return if we right. weren't feeling like it was going to be sometime this month so I mean it, you know you're sitting dead last in defense and so much of it's him we talked about that on the first episode. Mm-hmm. He was there almost all year for you last season. It's a big part of why you eventually got back on track defensively. So, not you know, uh, right now it's even for Roddy, you know, having to play minutes that won't you won't be asking of him later on. Hell, he'll be down playing mm-hmm. for the Memphis Hustle, uh, down for the G League. Uh, right. 0 of 8 last night, you know, minus 20. He found himself <laughs> in that Dallas game out guarding Luka Doncic. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're asking guys who aren't ready to do this to 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 do it. In the it now in in the regular season and and again, you know right now a, a team like Utah yeah they take advantage of that uh, but I think you you'd have to consider saying through seven games as patchwork I keep going back to that word because that's what's been for Taylor as patchwork as this thing's been with that lineup mm-hmm. Bain out for the last game yeah. you know you haven't had Zaire Williams Laravia out now for a couple of games with a non COVID illness Ja mm-hmm. out for one it's if, to be four and three through this point I, yeah. I think you'd take it. Based on just how you know right. how uh, basically how this roster has not been whole yet, you, you right. you've and been pieces up to this point. And we were um, we were we were being optimistic, hoping that they would be around this record. You know, uh, have around a, a four hundred record or I mean a five hundred record or winning record uh, until Jaron comes back. But when they started off easy early, fourteen and one. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, my mind is all over the place. If you start off four and one. We were 14 and one. We'd be cooking with grease. But you started off four and one. You started looking like you were really good. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, there's nothing to be worried about. There's, there shouldn't be any concern. Um, because, like I said, they're not they're not looking terrible. The defense is horrible. But when they've been full strength, well, whatever this version of full strength is, with Bain and John on the court, they've been great. Um, I think it kind of points to how much how important a guy like Desmond Bain is as well. Um, a guy who was, was on a streak of scoring 30 straight points, uh, 30 points in three straight games. Um, I think that he, these his absence yesterday kind of showed how important he's been as a guy who can relieve pressure from John Morant. And um, if you look at trying to think who what game that was when we had oh when we played Brooklyn when we had Dylan Bain and Ja right Dylan was struggling like I said Dylan just simply being on the court helped out a lot of things as far as being that decoy or a guy that the team is going to have to you know scheme around. Uh, as being an offensive threat. I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to look well against Portland. Uh, the injury report came out. It's Didn't have Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark wasn't on it at all. Right. Um, I think they said jaw soreness with uh, with Steven Adams as opposed to waking up and seeing something like his jaw was broken, which would have been right. you know, terrible. Uh, I think that's a good report. Uh, jaw wasn't on it, so you know he's going to play. Bain was listed as questionable with the ankle. I'm expecting him to go. Uh, I think this could be a nice momentum uh, game because swing things back around in, in their favor. I think they're going to be without Damian Lillard tomorrow. I think I saw that earlier. Um, so hopefully you can pick up this game in Portland. You can get back on the right track. 
Um, but let me ask you one more question, though, Jason. As far as the defense, how concerned are you with this defense? Because last year, uh, it's been a lot of talk about guys like a Kyle Anderson, uh, DeAnthony Melton. If you had a guy like Kyle Anderson last night, he probably could have given a, a Laurie Markin a little bit more trouble, you know, sure. to score or whatever. Um, how concerned are you? Because last year, when you brought Jaron back, you had a Dylan Brooks, you had a DeAnthony Melton, you had Kyle Anderson, guys that are all good individual and good team defensive players. Mm-hmm. How good will you be with just Jaron back with guys who who were barbecue chicken, who were getting targeted in the Sante Aldama, in the John Conchar, these type of guys, as opposed to some of the guys you had last year? Um, it, it's a big piece of it saying you know that better than anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the one thing about it is it, it can't all be on Jaron. Clearly, he's mm-hmm. the anchor. Uh, first team all defense in the NBA last year. It, you know, it it does there does have to be improvements from the guys you've got, the Steven Adams of the world, who have got to be better at closing out on those bigs. You saw him in that second right. game, you know, after Taylor had gotten on him about trying to close out on Linux, those kind of things. So uh, I say all that to say, yes, Jaron is going to solidify things and give you that anchor you need in the middle, but you're going to need a a, a better effort from the guys that are out there. Listen, Dylan Brooks. You know, having him back and healthy, hopefully now uh, for the rest of the season, you know, knock on wood, that's your perimeter guy. That's your guy that on the perimeter you're going to say go go guard the other team's best score. When you've got Jaron in there as versatile as he is, it really gives you that inside-outside combo. And so, again, trying to judge it right now, saying, uh, mm-hmm. doing it with, with part-time guys, guys that are going to be on that second unit, Conchar, Santi Aldama, I'm just – I. I I'd be lying to myself if I told you I was overly concerned. Again, yeah. is it going to be a quick rise from 30 back to the top 10? No. But yeah. I do think once they get Jaron back in there and they're trusting each other again, yeah. you know, so yeah. much of it is knowing who's back there. Well, yeah. when, it, when it's Santi Aldama, you know, you know, you, you know, you got to get back there. When it's Jaron, right. <laughs> a lot of times you can let that go and make, you know, Jaron yeah. can make up for a lot of mistakes. So, yeah. again, having him back in the middle, it'll be such a big part of the trust on defense. And again, I think I, I think things will smooth out at that point. Will they get back to top six like they were last year? Mm-hmm. Maybe not, but it'll look a lot better than it has early on this season. Right. I think it's 120 or more now saying they've given up in five of the seven games. That ain't Grizzlies basketball. Can't yeah. all be yeah. on Jaron, but we know when you get him back, hopefully this month, that's gonna it's gonna go a long right. way toward uh, getting that thing turned back in the right direction. You made some good points. You talked about how. It's a trust issue too. These are so many new guys there. They've right. got to learn to trust each other, and that, and that comes with time. I mean, that you can't get trust without time and experience. So, um, you know, that that definitely has to be a, a key element of getting this thing back together. You also mentioned Dylan Brooks, and I was watching the game last night, and I said, "Man, you try to analyze these games, and you try to look at everything with a rational mind, and you know, you look at numbers and chemistry and all these type of things." But sometimes just good old-fashioned being crazy as hell still works. <laughs> like, there was a moment with Dylan Brooks yesterday where the game was getting out of hand, and Dylan just started doing crazy shit. And, and, and the craziness turned into a Grizzlies comeback. And it wasn't like it was anything phenomenal happening defensively. It was just Dylan just started going crazy. You know what I mean? Getting texts and just getting on the guy's skin. Had the whole, you know, Jim booing him and, all these type of things and looking like a madman stepping over Mike Conley, his former teammate, former Memphis Grizzlies legend. And it, and it turned the game around. And it's like, we, we try to simplify. We try to make basketball this big intellectual thing. And we try to give a guy his value based on numbers and, and percentages and, and, and on off all these type of things. But 
here, here we see a guy like you said in Dylan Brooks. When, when you get Dylan and Jaron back together, uh, hopefully those two guys, the combination together, can make something magical on the court. Because right now that defense is looking, is looking kind of. Looking kind of looking kind of rough out there, man. Sure. Everybody needs a crazy. Saying yeah, everybody, yeah. all good teams have got a, a, a crazy or a guy. I, I don't, you know, because it got so lost because you know Utah ran off real quick to sort of yeah. bottom line your point there. I mean, you saw Dylan when he locked in on Clarkson. He was yeah. making it. Clarkson didn't want to go to the basket with Dylan on yeah. him and literally trying to be on his every step. And yeah, Dylan messed up my parlay yesterday too, man. I need, I need, I need Clarkson to kind of give me a little. Clarkson bit went three of fourteen and hated yeah. every second that Dylan was on him. And that's the thing we talk about his value and whether the Grizzlies can do it without him if they decide, you know, if Dylan decides, hey, not going to resign. I want to hit the open market. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's those things other than. You know, set aside the bad shots and how he fits offensively and where he is in the pecking order. What right. he brings defensively, saying is hard matters, to replace. Man. You can it bring matters. in another three and D guy, saying, yep. but will he have the edge? Will he want that other team's right. best? To, you know, will, will he bring that sort of energy mm-hmm. like a Dylan Brooks does? There's no guarantee of that. So again, even like a Zaire, so valuable. You got a guy like a Zaire who's like a six eight six nine wing, athletic. All these things. Oh man, well Zaire could just come in and do what Dylan does. So but desire, desire have the moxie to come in and just say, exactly. okay, I just had this whole arena mad at me because somebody just started doing wild shit for the next five minutes, and, and we're about to start coming. Yeah, I don't think that's Zaire. <laughs> I know yeah, it does. That that that's not Zaire. It, it, it's hard to put value on there, but there's definitely a value in those type of things. So uh, shout out to Dylan the villain, man, on Halloween coming in doing villain type stuff for sure, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, the Grizzlies did lose two games to Utah. They've got a game against Portland, uh, hopefully to kind of right the ship. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Um, a transition over. Major news of the day, of course, was the news that uh, uh, the Brooklyn Nets decided to part ways with Steve Nash. If you ever want to see uh, Anthony Sane and all of his wokeness, uh, go back and find my tweets back when Steve Nash was hired over uh, – can't remember the brother's name. I was using him Jock as, as a pick. Yeah, Jock Vaughn. When, when Steve Nash was hired over Jock Vaughn. And Jock Vaughn was, was working so hard back in 2019. Was it 20? That was 20. That was the year of the pandemic, right? He mm-hmm. had that team uh, playing well over their heads. Looked like a team that was uh, playing well going into the bubble. Got eliminated back when Karis LeVert was the best player on that team. And and um, he had that team looking good. They got uh, uh, Kevin Durant. They got Kyrie Irving. And then here comes Steve Nash with not a lick of experience and coaching. It bumps Jock Vaughn out of the way. This is what this is what you get, Brooklyn. This, I mean, there were people like myself and like many others who were saying, why what qualifies Steve Nash to come in and, and take over this team when you had a guy like Jock Vaughn who was coaching these guys to death? You know what I mean? And you got Steve Nash, and he was being disrespected from the very beginning. Kevin Durant and uh especially Kyrie Irving, but basically letting you know. Yeah, man, we're the coach of this team. Like, we, we're going to run this. Steve is just here as a figurehead. We got this. And it's blown up in their faces. So here we are today. Steve Nash is let go. They're supposed to be hiring uh, Ami Adoka. That should be official sometime soon. Wild times in the NBA. No, listen, I, saying I was right with you when they made the Nash hire. And the folks that I blamed the most at the time were Katie and Kyrie. Because they had the power at that time to say no, they, they and they've always had that power. I mean, that what what are we talking about here? They could have said no. Jacques Jacques Vaughn's doing something here, 
and mm-hmm. here's the guy. But no, instead they decide, you know what, we're going to go with the celebrity coach, uh, right. a, a, a Hall of Famer like us. And right. and frankly, like, like you said, after a while, it's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll coach the team too. But they endorse this, Saint. Mm-hmm. They were the ones. They're they're the ones that put this whole Kevin Kevin Durant was the one that chose Kyrie. They put this whole thing together. So the fact that they went through this at all with Steve Nash and, and essentially were spinning their wheels, I put on KD. This yeah. whole mess, KD picking Kyrie, I think <laughs> was a mistake. No, uh-huh. no. If, if we want to go back to that, Pick, picking oh. that team, picking of all the teams to go to, you no went to go to that guy's team. You could have really gone anywhere. No, or you can just stay and go to state. He, he has made the mistakes, mm-hmm. and so much of this is on him because he has that power. And so, again, to try to run away from it this offseason or say, well, now you got to fire Nash. Fool, you should have told right. uh, them in the first place that Jock Bond was the guy for the job. So I've had no sympathy whatsoever for the situation the Nets have been in because much like LeBron has sort of made the bed with L.A. You know, it's sort of, too. It's almost mm-hmm. like. Ian Clutch got a gun to Jeannie Buss's head. It's the same thing to me with the Nets in terms of, okay, we're going to do what you say here. They had the power early on to go a different direction. Why you choose someone unproven, Saint? He right. can be a great player. Doesn't mean he's going to do give you anything in terms of coaching. And so you've been spinning your wheels here now with him when you didn't have to be. And I put right. that squarely on the shoulders of uh, of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. We'll see. You mentioned Ime Udoka. Coming in, that's the target now. So Jock Vaughn gets done wrong again, yeah, again. <laughs> in, in a sense, right? But obviously with Eme, it's a different situation because right. you're talking about at least a proven coach who showed last year with the Celtics. Um, he, he he might be one of the better coaches in the NBA. I mean, I, I'm, I'm fairly convinced of that. I know we got a yeah. relatively small sample size, but that turnaround last year in Boston and how good they got defensively. Obviously, Eme's good. Uh, whether this is the right mover, here, here's my question on this thing. Boston did not fire the man you suspended him. Mm-hmm. So technically he's still un- under their umbrella. Why they are not seeking compensation yeah. in this, it's, it's, I don't understand. Because Ime Udoka, you know, hypothetically could go there, I, I, whatever fix looks like for the Nets, but could be the guy that ends up putting you out later on in these playoffs and you're not yeah. seeking any compensation whatsoever. If that was always going to be the case, I don't understand why they didn't fire him in the first place. My, mm-hmm. I thought they didn't fire him. Concerned, okay, if we do, he might go somewhere else and beat us. Right. Well, now you're essentially giving him to the Nets for nothing uh, when he was still under your umbrella. So I don't understand mm-hmm. the part about just getting out of the way, saying, and letting Ime go with no compensation back. I would right. at the least make the Nets give me something for him. Mm-hmm. And it felt like there was a, a air of uh, pettiness to it, too, where they didn't want him to move on, which is why they suspended him instead of you know letting him go, like you said. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand any of that part of it at all. I also under, don't understand for because I've seen some people say because there, there are people who've been kind of pushing for Ime. They've been wanting him to come out on top with this whole situation. I'm not sure he's doing that though because, like, I mean, you went from a team that was in the NBA Finals with a proven core of guys who, regardless of sometimes Boston's mishandling things, trying to trade guys away, trying to trade a Jalen Brown, trying to. Go get a Kyrie Irving. Go get a, a Kimball Walker or whoever you're doing. You got a young core of, of, of two stars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You, you, you're leaving that – he didn't leave that situation. His actions or whatever out, off the court put him out of that situation. But is this Brooklyn job the best one? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be too excited to take that job if I was him. You're going into a chaotic situation where 
a Kevin Durant could at any point of the season say, hey, man, get me the hell up out of here. You know what I mean? Then you left, you left with Kyrie Irving, who we're definitely going to talk about with some of the things he's got going on. I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't, this whole, the whole thing is just odd to me. If I'm well, Udoka, I, I probably would have waited out and be like, hey, man, I'm good. I'll figure this out in the summer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even take this booking job if I were you. Well, listen, I, I know he's got a great relationship with Kevin Durant. And mm-hmm. were they teammates you know, at all, ever? Uh, I don't think I don't I don't think so I don't think so but I I, I remember them at a I don't know if it's a FIBA event or what it was after mm-hmm. afterwards and all buddied up there was a video of it okay. Okay. Uh, went out there um, Patty Mills was in the it was in the video too if I'm not mistaken so mm-hmm. the the relationship's good there I, I'm my guess is he feels like you know what you know what's been missing from that team is defense for the last yeah. couple of years. Right, they do. They do not defend. They try to outscore you, and yeah. and I'm a guy, yeah. right, who's got that system. I can go in there. I can I can get Ben Simmons. I can fix him. I can get him working again on that defensive end. And he's probably looking at it as I can I can bring that to the table. Right, fix uh fix the one thing the Nets need fixed, other than making sure Kyrie's there every night. Right. Uh, and and that's the defense. I, I'm with you though because. I don't think from a roster standpoint, saying from a construction standpoint, it's the same because right now I don't have that faith in Ben Simmons that he's going to be that guy again. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he will. And, and I'm sorry, I'm not rooting against him, but I don't have that. I don't have that feeling that he can be first team all defense again, in the NBA. And again, if you're going to get the nets to playing good defense, Ben Simmons going to have to be a key part of that because yeah. Ky- Kyrie's not doing that for you. This roster, the way it's constructed, is not really doing that for you. Um, I like Claxton as sort of a rim protector, but when he's going against bi- bigger, more physical bigs, that's he's when he's going to struggle. Yeah. So any any improvement defensively is going to have to come through Ben Simmons. And right, right. now, just with you know where he's at as a player, mentally, everything else, I don't know that you can depend on. So I would question saying like you are, whether that roster is built to defend like I wanted to, but if he may in it for the long haul, uh, and, and yeah. obviously it's probably what it would have to be, then maybe, you know, perhaps it's not this year, but but in future years that he can improve that side of it. Because Nets right. are never going to win a thing just being a team that's trying to outscore you every night with no. Kyrie and KD. They're going to have to play some semblance of defense. Maybe he may helps with that. Uh, I, I question the roster and the makeup, the personnel. Yeah, I don't I don't feel sorry for Brooklyn at all, man, because when they first got Kevin Durant and, and, and Kyrie Irving on this team, Fact check me if I'm wrong, but I, I might be mistaken. I tweeted this out. No one told me I was wrong. So Jared Allen was on this roster. Like NBA all-star, young big man Jared Allen was on this roster when KD and Kyrie got there. Karis LeVert was on this roster when Kyrie and KD got there. Spencer Dinwiddie, who's doing this thing in Dallas, was on this roster. Yeah. You got rid of all of that, and there's absolutely nothing to show for it. You've got Ben Simmons, some resemblance of Ben Simmons, and Kyrie out here talking and acting the fool and about to probably like really jack up his career. There are people saying that Brooklyn may be better off waving Kyrie Irving, like not even trying to trade him, just wave him and let, let whatever happens happens to him. That's the situation we're in with Kyrie Irving for things that have nothing to do with basketball. And and it's uh it's frustrating, man. And and um I remember during the pandemic when Kyrie was saying, uh, you know. You know, we don't need to go play and we need to we need to stay over here and protest. And one of my biggest arguments against that was I was like, Kyrie, guys like yourself who are millionaires, we need you to keep making millions of dollars so you can really help the cause. Mm. We don't really need you on the front line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let, let the let the soldiers stay on the front line and you, you do things to support the soldiers and you will be perfectly suited suited for that. But when you're screwing off your resources, man. 
you're you're with your mouth, and that would that would not because because man, I promise you, those knees of Kyrie Irving won't be the same in five years. You know what I mean? That quickness, the the, the ball handling won't be the same in five to ten years. Those that that's gonna end. Let but let that in your career. Don't let silly stuff in your career. Don't blow deals with Nike because you don't want to, you know, for whatever reason. But it's 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 really I don't feel I don't feel well, I don't feel bad for them because they knew what you knew who Kyrie was, you knew who KD was, you knew you were letting go of a real coach for a figurehead. So I don't feel bad for them at all, man. But I- yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna mention on on Kyrie because you, you 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 got me thinking on on him and just in terms of his wild you know, man Extremely his motivations. Mm-hmm. I, I just and you you tell me if I'm wrong, saying tell me if you agree, but I get the feeling that Kyrie is so dead set on proving he can lead, whether mm-hmm. that's a team or whether it's as a thought leader, right, right. off the court. <laughs> I'm gonna be right. you know. Hey, I'm, 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 whatever. But, but he, he feel it feels like he is so determined, saying to prove to us that he can lead, right? A la a LeBron, mm-hmm. right? That 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 we get some of this from him. I mean, the the Boston situation, you know, when he was there and saying, man, these young guys, he he never figured out how to lead. Which were some young guys at that time, Tatum Brown, that needed leading. Yeah. He never figured that out on his own. And right. and again, whether it's the, some the things he says. Uh, 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 or or what he does on a basketball court, it's always seemed like he's always tried to get out from under LeBron's shadow and show mm-hmm. you, hey, I can be a one too. I'm my right. own, you know. I I, I think I'm my own, you know, uh, my own thinker. I'm my own everything. Right. And in in being so dead set on proving that, he's made a lot of mistakes. And and, and again, rather than my, my whole thing saying, and you know, this has been uh, it, rather than talking about it, being about it, and leading by example. Kyrie's generous dude, right? But yeah. but rather than 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 saying I'm a leader or l- listen look at the way I think this is the way you should think it should always be about actions man and what you do you're measured more in that yeah, and I think Kyrie's gotten too caught up with I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna lead with my mouth and and in many yeah. instances it's it's gotten him into trouble and has again right now so again it's another reasons why why I look at KD who's so driven and motivated for legacy right I want to go down right. as one of the greats. I want to have all the titles. He's motivated by basketball and by greatness to pick a partner like this saint who yeah. isn't motivated by the same things. It just goes back to what were you thinking, Katie? Because he's not as dedicated to this or to mm-hmm. legacy or to basketball greatness. Feels like yeah. to me, to you, he's just dead set on proving us all that he can lead. And so again, I I, I question everything about the decision to partner up with him. And and I hope uh, Kyrie in whatever way it is. Uh, hopefully more productive, finds a way to lead. Again, whether that's mm-hmm. on the court or more importantly off, because I was saying, I'm going to echo something you said. My, my kid, you know, eight years old, you know, Kyrie knows Kyrie's one of the best off, looks up to him. And so the things that come out of his mouth, my kid listens to. And mm-hmm. and that's a great responsibility. I heard Charles Barkley and Shaq saying it again tonight. You, you've you got a great responsibility to folks that look up to you as well. So right. you've got you to gotta be thinking about that responsibility before you yeah, say something. Like you see, he's a very generous guy. He did a lot, a lot to help the WNBA yeah. players. He during the pandemic, he dropped off a lot of money to help a lot of people. But man, don't cut off that resource, man. Like, if 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 you're really about the cause that you're about, you can make more, you can be, you can make more impact being stealth about it and just because man, everything that's in my heart and in my mind, some of this stuff appears in wild shit, man. 
but I just can't come out and say all this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Because I know there's certain things I have to protect, which is myself, including my son. You know what I mean? And those type of things. I got to keep my lights on. So I just, I can't, there's no benefit in me telling you everything that crosses my mind. And it just seems like that's what Kyrie does, man. Whether you agree or you disagree with the points he's making. Yeah. But you just can't be out here just reckless like that in a, in a society that will get you up out of here, man. And it's, it's frustrating to see such a great player uh, like himself really going down that, down the path he's on, man. But um, I'll tell you one person who probably does not mind the path that Kyrie is on. Uh, as mm. we know, uh, Nike did not renew uh, Kyrie uh, Irving's contract. So he's kind of on a, uh, what's the word? When you're like on your last little thing, dead man, what's it called? The, you know uh, what I mean? What is it? Uh, lame says, duck. Lame duck. Lame duck signature here. shoe deal, yeah. yeah he's, on, he's on a lame duck with his signature deal with Nike. Um, one person who I think is is maybe, I don't want to say that he's, uh, reveling in, 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 in his losses or whatever, but um, I don't think that one John Morant minds uh, some of the failures of Kyrie Irving. I think, but I think John looks up to Kyrie as well, so I'm not gonna act like he's just happy about it. But uh, we did see a commercial today uh, on Twitter. John Morant tweeted out uh, some Nike branding to it, uh, nothing about a signature shoe or anything, but just kind of something connecting Nike, uh, Ja as a you know, a Nike athlete. Uh, and I think when you start seeing that type of stuff, I think you know what's next, Jason. I think we, I think that it's safe to say that a John Moran shoe is around the corner. There was a story that came out during the summertime uh, saying that the uh, John shoe is out. It had the the skew numbers, the the owl numbers, the the color codes, and all these kind of things of uh, of the shoe. It looked pretty official to me. Uh, John Morant slammed those down. I asked John Morant uh, during media day. Uh, 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 was there anything more to say? He shot me down as well, uh, made me famous. And uh, uh, no, I'm just joking because he's definitely not a Kyrie Irving out here. He, uh, I, w- I wish I could have got on ESPN about John shooting down the shoe rumor, but um, he shot he shot that down to me as well. But it's feeling pretty imminent, Jason. Uh, what's your personal excitement level? Are you about to get in line to buy the, the Jaw ones uh, for Young CJ? I know I'll be in line to get them for Gabe. So, what are your feelings on what looks like big things between Nike and Jaw? I mean, you know how we do it with signature shoes and and, mm-hmm. and Memphis area guys. Penny Hardaway with the phone mm-hmm. posit, we we know the deal, and probably just about every uh every household in Memphis either has got a pair or or has had a pair, right? Same pennies, and and so I I, I think Jaws is going to catch fire in a similar way. Will he outsell Penny? I don't know. Penny's been one of the most successful ever, you know, right right behind Jordan. Mm-hmm. But and 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 look how long lasting. Uh, his signature shoe is going on. But for Ja, who, listen, right now, you know, it uh, again, Penny's career cut short by injury. Look how long-lasting it was. I, I don't think there's any way that this shoe isn't successful. So I'll tell you a smart thing, at least from the reports, is that they're pricing it at $110, bucks, making it super affordable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be one thing if you've got a shoe that's $200 in a city that's got as many uh, – uh, issues in terms of poverty and everything else mm-hmm. as Memphis. The fact that you're coming in 110 makes it affordable in the sense that you're going to have more kids and more parents of kids that can get them for their kids. Um, I, I love it. You, you mentioned Kyrie. Yeah, Jaws been the beneficiary of some yeah, of that. Man, clearly. I mean, Nike's looking around. Okay, who's our next guy? Lucas mm-hmm. with Jordan. I mean, it, it's obvious. You talk about a guy that's motivated and committed to his craft. Right and keeping his body yeah. and shape and everything else, you don't question any of that with John Morant. And mm-hmm. so it, it, you couldn't have picked 
a more perfect uh, uh, target in terms of the next signature shoe athlete, if you're Nike, than John ja Morant. I mean, every night we see it on ESPN. The guy's going viral. And so um, I think this is a, a incredibly smart move by Nike. Uh, again, something you could question moving away from Kyrie because the thing it, it's saying is, as disconnected as he got sometimes and continues to get, that shoe that is was selling. selling. <laughs> right. Nike right. is throwing away uh, uh, what had been a sure thing right now just in terms of, okay, well, what he's doing on the court is one thing, but this shoe's still selling. Man, the kids in my, uh, on, my, on, my, on my kids' uh, AAU team, they all got Kyrie still. Kyrie's all here. of them. All of them. Yeah. And, and so for Nike to decide, you know what, we're going to end that. I mean, it's, it says a lot about where they think the, the shoe could go with Ja. And again, I think they're they're coming in at the right price point, saying not coming in at a, a $200 shoe. I think yeah. you're, you're very smart here in your approach. And hopefully all these reports, you know, Nike's made, as you said, no formal announcement. Hopefully all these reports. Yeah. I think Soul Retriever, so, oh, yeah, sure uh, I give him credit, was the yeah, first like one. Like you to, said, they, were dropping, they dropped the price point and everything. Like, at the colorways and everything yeah, out, yeah. like you painted. There's no way you got all these details. And they're in a, a fire with that smoke. So I'm excited about it. Say I can't wait for next summer to see what Man. these things look like. And I guarantee you, my son is not going to let me uh, get him to the next school year, fourth grade, without him having a pair to yeah. start the year. I guarantee you that. Yeah, man, it's it's exciting times for sure. Uh, I I I, I want to. I think this is a good podcast today, tonight, or whenever y'all you guys hear this, because uh, we're we're kind of talking around the pain of losing to. A thrown together ass team like the Utah Jazz. <laughs> ah, ah. Man, I'm not gonna come up here and tell you I'm panicking after two losses nah, to the Jazz bad. and this team hadn't even been close to hole all season long. Yeah. I think I think I think Grizzlies fans should still feel. I mean, you're you're uh you know Grizzlies gonna finish a uh, top four in the in the West. I don't, I don't think there's any reason to change that right now. Yeah, yeah especially not, based on the fact that we all think Jaren's gonna be back sooner than later. Yeah, for sure, man. I think that things are still good. We're good. Um, job been a monster all season. Yeah, job been crazy. thirty-seven in the loss, twelve of yeah. eighteen from the field. Desmond Bain uh, scoring like twenty-some points a game, looking uh, looking crazy as well. Yeah, man, uh, yeah, all is well, man. I'm glad. I'm glad this. I'm glad we can come in today. I, it felt like kind of a therapeutic session today that I needed, Much man. So. Much was, so. Next time we do it, let's do it after a win against Portland. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, there you go, man. There you go. Let's go ahead and establish this road trip. Let's put that into the air, into the atmosphere. That the Grizzlies will, you know, get that win against Portland. Uh, is it tomorrow night? Is yes. Wednesday, what day Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, yeah, man, we got another one done, man. We got another one in the books, Jason. We got another episode, and, and hopefully, people will stick around for the next one. Yeah, make sure you're listening to us on the free Odyssey app or wherever mm-hmm. you download your podcast. Just search for Grind Season, and you'll find your boy. Uh, and me and Anthony saying uh, out here grinding, man. We're gonna do it mm-hmm. for you twice a week, all season long. Oh, yeah, for sure. Until next time, we'll see y'all. We out. Down your grind.